listening to Abiding Hope Church's podcast of our weekly sermons. For more information about our church, please visit abidinghope.org. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 17th chapter. Jesus prayed, I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. As you, Father, are in me and I in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one, as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become completely one so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that those also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory, which you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Righteous Father, the world does not know you, but I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made your name known to them, and I will make it known, so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. The Gospel of the Lord. It's a tough week. It's a tough week. Amen? I had a sermon. I recorded it. You can watch it online if you want. It was recorded before Tuesday. Tuesday, was it Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday when the shooting happened in Texas. It's awful. We're broken. We're broken individually. We're broken as a people. It's awful. And it's not getting better. It doesn't feel to me like things are getting better. Does it feel to you like things are, are getting better? And guys, for us here in Littleton, Colorado, mass shootings are not something we just watch on TV. It's not something we just read about in the news. We've experienced it. All of us know somebody who's been affected by mass shootings. I mean, I sent an email to the congregation on Wednesday just in grief about what, what's happened, and I had two different people write back to me who have lost children in school shootings, two that are part of Abiding Hope's community. We, we have two families who have lost kids in school shootings here. I've walked with families who were affected by the Columbine shooting, Arapahoe High School shooting, the uh, Deer Creek Middle School shooting and the STEM school in, Ohio, in Highlands Ranch. This congregation has been personally affected by all of those and more. We have connections to the Aurora shooting. We have connections to the Platte Canyon High School shooting. I mean, is this awful that we're named? Like, that's just in this community. We're broken. And you know, when, when I speak about these things, often I'm accused of being political. 
It's difficult to speak in public these days as a pastor for anything, any reason, and not be accused of being political, right? Well, guys, this isn't a political issue. It's a spiritual issue. It's a spiritual issue. Now, folks can politicize it as much as they want, but it's a spiritual issue. Whether you think the problem is guns or whether you think the problem is mental health, whatever you think the problem is, it's a spiritual issue. And it's a spiritual issue because we're putting other things in the way of us making the decisions we need to make to protect our kids. What's more important than life? You see, Jesus is praying, may they be one as we are one so that they can perpetuate life in the world. Jesus understood if his followers aren't united, if they're not one, they're going to create division. They're going to create labels, who's in, who's out, who's right, who's wrong, who's saved, who's not saved, right? All of these kinds of things. And so when he's praying for oneness, he's not praying that they, you know, that we just kind of stay on the same page. He's not praying that we, we, we kind of consider one another. He's praying that we actually see every human being as a part of the family. That we recognize that every single person is a child of God. Amen? And that can't be forfeited. That can't be forfeited. We're human beings, for goodness sake. And the goal is life. The goal is that every single human has an opportunity to live, has an opportunity to maximize whatever gifts God has given them, has an opportunity to use their gifts and to pour their gifts out to make a better world. Because that's God's vision. Where human beings are living in such a way that we pour ourselves out for the whole Instead of having individualized mindsets that this life is mine and I got to get mine, I got to have mine, and I got to protect mine. I think one of the reasons we have so much violence in this world is we're afraid of each other. What do we need guns for if we're not afraid of each other? What, what do we need all these weapons for if we're not afraid of each other? We actually see each other as siblings in Christ and believe that we can work through whatever the problems might be. What do we need all these guns for? This is spiritual for me. Now, I'm going to be political for one second. One second. Let me be political for one second. And we got a judge in the room. we got attorneys in the room. So uh, I'm going to be political for one second. We changed the Constitution... We changed the Constitution about the presidency of the United States a couple of times. Read all the amendments, not just the first 10. Read them all. We changed the Constitution to say a president can't be president more than two terms or 10 years. Remember that? Because we had a guy who got elected four times and died in office, remember? And they came back and said, well, that maybe was probably a bad idea that we don't have a term limitation on this. So let's change the body of the Constitution. One of the actual, what do you call them, Al? You got the, the, we got the, the legislative, and then we've got the, the, uh, the uh, executive, and then we got the judicial, what are they, articles? Are they each an article? They're the branches, but what's the part of the Constitution called? Are those Article, Article 1, Article 2, Article 3, right? Those are really important parts of the Constitution. Like, when the lawyers in the room can't answer the question, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. 
we're in trouble. But I think they're called articles, right? Article one, article, article one's legislative, article two is executive, article three is judicial. We changed the body of the Constitution. We've done that before. We've done that. And if we have a second amendment that nobody understands, and that just is being interpreted that whatever you want goes, can we change it to protect kids? Can, can we change it and make it so that we put life first? How, how bad does it have to get before we say we're done and everything's off the table, we need to start over. We need to come up with a system that's going to perpetuate life. If the system we're living isn't working, how bad does it have to get before we're willing to say, we need to get in the same room and figure things out? It's a spiritual problem. If being a Democrat or Republican is the most important thing, we got a serious problem. If we think it's about self and me doing what I want just because I like guns or I want whatever and I'm going to just keep collecting for myself, we've got a problem. Wouldn't Jesus come and say, guys, do what it takes. Save life. Promote life. Build life. I don't understand. What's more important than life? Some guns? access to guns, what's, what's more important? But it's not just school shootings, right? We, we, a lot of people are saying, well, let's just fortify the schools. Okay, let's make the schools like prison camps. So instead of sending our kids to school, we're sending them to prison camps. Well, first of all, that's not going to work. And I'm not a fool to say, if tomorrow we change the laws about guns, guns aren't, you know, they'll still be on the streets tomorrow. I get that. I understand that. But when you have a white person who walks into a grocery store in Buffalo, New York, frequented mostly by elderly African-American people, and that person just goes in and kills indiscriminately, we have a spiritual problem. We have a spiritual problem. As long as we're afraid of each other, as long as we see each other as threats, as long as we think we're separate, we're divided, we're not part of one another, we're going to continue to make it a zero-sum game. Some win and some lose. We're going to continue to dig our heels in. <clears throat> Excuse me. What would it look like if we had elected officials who were less concerned about being Democrat or Republican? and just focused on being American and coming together and working to solve America's issues? What if we had communities of people who are willing to talk about this stuff at home, at work, at school, in the neighborhood, but talk about it in a way that is loving, a way that listens, a way that is gentle, but also in a way that's firm, that keeps bringing it back to what it, this is really about, which is life. This is, this is about life. I'm broken, guys. I'm, I'm really hurting. Um, for me, this is personal. I know, and I've walked with families affected by this stuff. On my son's first day of school, in sixth grade, 
Jeremy, some of you know Jeremy, you know, he's six foot four, kind of, you know, he's big now. Uh, but sixth grade, first day of school, he went to Falcon Bluffs Middle School. I didn't rec- realize it at the time. I, 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 maybe I did, I wasn't thinking about it, but that was his first day of school in his life, going to school without a parent in the building. Because my wife, Carrie, is a school teacher. And at that time, she taught fifth grade at Schaefer Elementary School. And so for every, uh, every school experience my son had ever had up through fifth grade, his mom was in the building. So I was driving him to school, first day of sixth grade. This didn't occur to me either, but we were driving down Kipling, made the left on Remington. Remington to come to Falcon Bluffs. And as we made that left, we're coming down Remington, there's a lot of cars. Jeremy said to me, Dad, when the shooters come to my school, will you? And it hit me. It's his first day of school in sixth grade, middle school. He's not thinking about girls. He's not thinking about what buddies are gonna be in his classes. He's not thinking about what teachers he might have. He's worried about, will his dad be there if a shooter comes to the school? Wait, what? What? This, this is the world we want our kids to grow up in? As I talked to colleagues around the country this week, in fact, Boulder, one of the Lutheran churches in Boulder, they just called a new pastor. This was her first week, this week. Guess what community she came from? Uvalde, Texas. And so the congregation here in Boulder told her, go back to Texas, you need to be there. You've, been, you've served there the last several years, you know the people, go help. We'll be here when you're done. And as I've talked to colleagues around the country this week, and they talk about how horrible it is their kids have to go through the lockdown drills. We created the lockdown drills in Jefferson County. We created them. We're the epicenter here in Jefferson County. How much is enough? When will this country come together, not as Democrats, Republicans, but simply as Americans, to say, enough, enough? We can fortify our schools. Okay, let's fortify our schools. What about movie theaters? What about grocery stores? What about churches? We don't have armed guards here. We've had the conversations many times. The conversation comes up. Remember, we've had shootings in Colorado Springs. We've had them, you know. We choose not to have it here, the armed guards, because we're trying to send a different message. But is that a sound and reasonable thing to be doing today? is not to have armed people here. You, you see, doesn't it stink that we have to talk like this? That we have to address things at this level? Jesus prayed, may they be one. That prayer is still viable. We need to be praying that prayer so that we can see every single person as a child of God, so that we're willing to set aside our own personal views, our own personal politics, our own personal whatever, so that we can come together as a community and make choices and decisions that are going to perpetuate life and build life 
As long as we're divided over this, things are going to continue to happen the way they're happening. And I think part of me, and this is my, my cynicism, I think there are some out there who are just saying, give it a few weeks, it'll die down. Give it a few weeks, it'll die down. Give it a few weeks, it'll die down. And then we won't have to do anything until somebody walks into the next school or grocery store or movie theater or whatever. I'm broken. We're broken. How much is enough? I think our children are more important than the Constitution. I think our children are more important than politics. I think our children are more important than whatever moniker we put on ourselves or whatever line we draw on the sand. I think life needs to be the goal and the focus. And I think Jesus agrees. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not naive. I know the political thing is very complicated. But do you see people getting together politically and making good decisions to make things work today? Do you see that happening? Do you see folks coming together to make decisions that are going to set our kids up to set us up for success and, and, and perpetuate life in this community? I mean, are, you, are we seeing it? We're not seeing it. And so what do we do? I think you need to have a voice. You need to have a voice with, with your family members. You need to have a voice with your friends, with your coworkers. And when people push back, it's okay. It's okay. Be gentle. Listen and hear. But this story I'm about to tell you really hits home for me. When Carl Fisher who was the shooter at Arapaho High School. When he walked into Arapaho with a gun, he, he shot a girl named Claire. She was the first person he saw when he walked into the, into the school. And there was another student who was standing there who saw Carl do that. And she didn't run. She looked at Carl and she said, Carl, what are you doing? And that statement caught him. He, he stopped. And he didn't shoot anyone else except himself, sadly. But I think sometimes we need to ask people, what are you doing? When we hear people putting politics ahead of life, what are you doing? When we hear people digging their heels in to, to protect their own views so that they can be right while others are wrong, I think we have to ask, what are you doing? Anytime we see anybody working toward division or, or, or anything that, that, that casts uh, people in, in a ice of, or I, I don't even know what I'm saying at this moment. But I think sometimes we have to walk in and say to people, what are you doing? If you stay on this line of thinking, what do you think you're going to accomplish? What's going to be accomplished here? Keep digging your heels in. What's going to be accomplished? Keep taking a hardline political path. What's going to be accomplished? What do you think you're doing? What are you doing? Can't we come together? different views, different opinions, and come up with better ideas? Maybe ideas we've never come up with before. Maybe ideas that have never uh, been, been uh, addressed before. But surely we can come together as a community and save lives, protect lives, make life the most important thing. You know, when Jesus saw the world oppressing, he crossed the line. 
You know, he wasn't supposed to talk to women in public. He did because he saw them as his sisters. He wasn't supposed to ask for a drink from a foreign woman at a well, but he did because he could see that she was a part of him. He wasn't supposed to, to heal lepers, let alone touch them, but he did because he could see that, that he and they were a part of one another. And when he was on the cross, actually, let me go before that. When he was arrested, Peter tried to fight back. Jesus said, stop it. We're not fighting. Because you, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. We're not fighting. We're not perpetuating violence. And he went to the cross. And even from the cross, he continued to love. And he prayed for the people who drove the nails through his hands and his feet. He never attacked back. And on the third day, God raised him from the dead to show us that love and life win. We've got a long trajectory to fixing the ills of this world, and especially this country. We've got a long trajectory. It's not going to be better by next week. How committed are we? How committed are we to living differently? How committed are we to being voices for peace how committed are we to calling for people to make sacrifices, which means sacrificing their own maybe political agendas so that we can make decisions that benefit all of society? Why can't it start here? This community is known for mass violence. Why can't we be known as the community that came together to say, no more, not again, we're going to lead this charge? Why can't we be known for that in this community? I think we can but it's gonna take an organic movement. It's not gonna take a pastor <laughs> standing on a Sunday morning just pouring his heart out. That's not what's gonna change this. It's gonna take people who have said enough and who choose to live differently and choose to elect people who are committed to making a difference versus just putting the same old folks in all the time. That was a political statement. You all vote how you want, but I'd like to see some change personally. I don't know what to do but I believe God's got us. God's walking with us. And God's going to hold us through this. But God also expects us to be living in a way that promotes justice, that promotes peace, that promotes life for all people. I think God's counting on that. I think love and life are more important than the U.S. Constitution. Some would disagree with me. That's okay. I'm, I'm going to stand on the side of love and life. Um, whatever it takes to, to fix it so that kids can go to school safe, so that people can go to movie theaters, so people can come to church, not be in fear. Can we do that? Can we be a part of that? Is that something that would align with your faith to take a stand for love and for peace? I'm sorry this isn't a warm, fuzzy sermon, and I'm not sending you home feeling good but I think all of us need to be in this place of prayer and discernment right now. Enough. Enough. God loves each of you, and I do too. Amen.